to our devotion, we will open in a word of prayer. Let's commit everything to the Lord. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your goodness. Thank you, Lord, for allowing us to be here once again and, and that you uh, gave us the time that we can um, gather together and uh, sing praises unto your name. And uh, thank you, Lord, for your word that we can uh, freely access and uh, learn from it and study it. We ask, dear Father, that you would give us understanding. We thank you for, for your goodness in the Bible College. And may you continue to lead us and uh, guide us along the way. And may you bless continually the college, the, uh, both the students, the staff, and also the teachers. I pray that you'll, you'll be with us. Now we pray in your name. Amen. Good to have uh, pa Pastor White back. Um, so it's been uh, a week uh, since we haven't seen him. Okay, for our is it recording? Okay. For our uh, devotion this morning, um, uh, I will talk about a surrendered life. A surrendered life. Now the Bible speaks of many paradoxes in life, uh, especially as we follow the Lord. Right? If you read the Bible. There's a lot of things that, you know, seems, seems contrary to what the world is doing and then what God is actually wanting to, uh, or commanding his people. Uh, they may seem absurd and, or have a contradictory proposition, but when investigated, they prove to be well-founded and true. Like, for example, if you read the book of Matthew, chapter 5, uh, Beatitudes, you know, um, things that you hunger and thirst for righteousness' sake. Um, blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are the meek, the merciful. And those things are really absurd or something that an unbeliever or a, a world, uh, a person that has a worldly kind of worldview doesn't seem to understand what really, the, what really um, those things mean. Also, when Jesus Christ said in Matthew chapter 11, take my yoke upon you, and then <laughs> yoke is not something that, um, like for example, in a picture, it's, it seems like a burden, but Jesus Christ said, for my burden is light, and for my, uh, for my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. So those things are, a paradox. Uh, also, Jesus Christ mentioned in uh, Matthew chapter 20, whosoever wants to be the first, uh, or he said, uh, last, the last shall be the first, and the first shall be the last. Okay? Another one example is in Matthew chapter 20, you, if, you want, if we want to be great in the sight of God, we all need to be servants. Servants. Um, 2 Corinthians ch uh, chapter 12, he also, um, the Apostle Paul mentioned that when I am weak, then you know, does the strength of the Lord, it, you know, he's becoming stronger the more he sees himself weak. Uh, Acts chapter 20, verse uh, 35, it speaks there that giving is actually receiving. Uh, another one in Matthew chapter 16, it's uh, when you lost something, for Christ's sake, of course, you have actually gained. So there's a lot of things that 
it doesn't make sense in the ordinary or human comprehension, but when they are uh, investigated and even learn or study what really it what uh, they really mean to 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 our life as we follow the Lord Jesus Christ, it really it is true in His sight. Another one that we can and lastly here that I give understanding is that when we surrendered it actually brings triumph in our life being a Christian. And so, like for example, when we accepted Christ as Lord and Savior, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 57, thanks be to God which gave us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And in this uh, chapel, we are going to be looking Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. And I believe that's a good passage in talking about a surrendered life, a dying to self, a, a life that is really sold out for, um, uh, for following the Lord. And a lot of you, I think, memorize this passage, Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. Okay, let's read the passage all together. I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Okay, that's a good uh, passage or verse to memorize. Now, how many of you here rem um, remember when you ask someone, either your friends or family, saying, can you do me a favor? Okay, what was the usual response? If you ask someone, can you do me a favor, please? Okay. So it's most likely the, uh, the, the usual response is, what is it? What is it? I think that's the quick response usually. So why do you think that most people would ask you, what is it? Okay, so they never, um, it gives you an idea is that they will never be completely surrendered to you unless you don't say it to them what's your favorite. Uh, they will always needed to know what the favor involved so that they could um, count their cost before making a promise or something that they would say sure uh, or yes to you. Um, but um, sometimes we do it when it comes to our relationship with God. And that's one thing that um, uh, I think many Christians would, would do. God is saying, will you do my will? And then our response, our response usually is that, what is it, Lord? What do you want me to do? Tell me so I can decide if I like it or, or not. And most of, uh, most of us go through life unsatisfied because we head off to do our will. And because of, you know, not, not doing God's will, we head off and doing our will and never knowing what God's will is. Um, so Hudson Taylor said this, The real secret of an unsatisfied life lies too often in an unsurrendered will, in an unsurrendered will. 
And see here in Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, the Apostle Paul, I think, gave us an example here, a complete surrendered life. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth, liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Now, Christ living in you, and that was that um, verse, you can, you can make a, a lot of explanation to that, but uh, it is Christ living in you and you living for him. Um, it is a resolution to live for Christ by giving your all to him. And at the same time, when we pray, like what Jesus Christ prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane, right? Um, not my will, but thine be done. So that's a picture of a surrendered life. And the Apostle Paul here saying that, yes, I live in this flesh, but I live this life for the one who gave himself for me. Now, when Queen Victoria uh, reigned, reigned in England, she occasionally would visit some of the humble cottages of, uh, of her subjects. Uh, one time, she entered the home of a widow and stayed to enjoy a brief period of Christian fellowship. Now, later on, the poor woman was uh, taunted by her uh, worldly neighbors, and they said, Granny, Who's the most honored guest you've, you've ever entertained in your home? And they expected her to say it was Jesus, for despite their constant ridicule of her Christian witness, they recognized her deep spirit, spirituality. But in their surprise, she answered, the, mo the most honored guest I've entertained is Her Majesty the Queen the queen and uh, well they said did you did you say the queen did you say the queen ah we caught you this time how about this Jesus you're always talking about isn't he your most honored guest her answer was uh, definite and scriptural and she said no indeed he's not a guest he lives here and her enemies or critics were put to silence. And that's what a good a, a testimony when it comes to a deep, a complete surrendered life. When, you, when we're giving our all to God. But sometimes we'll, we all uh, live our lives trying to negotiate. Instead of complete surrender, we have this conditional surrender. Um, one good example of that in history is that um, uh, when missionaries went amongst the barbaric tribes in the Western Europe and converted whole nations, uh, baptisms of thousands of people at one time were a common occurrence. And one thing that the missionaries found was that many of these bar barbarians insisted on keeping their right hand out of the baptismal water when they were plunged beneath its surface. Um, they were willing to become Christians, 
in every aspect except one. They wanted their strong right arm left free for what reason? To kill in enemies and to use as they please. But sometimes we, we have that. And we have also, I, I heard another story that um, when, this is like a Filipino story, but uh, I'll try to explain it in an English way. But um, there's, a, there's a husband and uh, a father who wanted to follow the Lord in water baptism. And what he did is he took his wallet, and then by the time that uh, baptism is ready, he, like that. You know, he wanted to be surrendered everything, but he said, not my wallet, Lord, <laughs> my wallet. So that's some, sometimes it's, it's also kind of reflecting in, in our situation. When we see, when we continue to study the Lord, uh, the Word of God, God is continuing to, you know, something like uh, someone that's uh, making a, a, uh, a sculpture, right? Um, God is trying, um, through the work of the Holy Spirit in us, the things that God wants us to take, it, take away from us. Sometimes we take hold dear to those things. And yes, Lord, I am, you know, I wanted to serve you. I wanted to give my life to you, but please don't, don't uh, you know, um, take away this from me. Um, so that is uh, an example of a conditional surrendered life. So there are conditions of surrendered life, and, and maybe I'll, I'll give you five lists here, and something that maybe these are something that we need to surrender. Uh, and also there's these probably one of the areas uh, in our lives that is not yet surrendered. Um, I'll give you an example of things that we choose not to surrender. Okay, number one is pleasure. Pleasure. It's uh, uh, most likely living, um, living in, there's some sin, there's sin in your life that you don't want to get rid, get rid of. Um, Romans chapter 6, let's go there. Romans chapter 6, I'll be reading verse 13. Okay, it says here, Neither yield ye your members as instrument of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead, and your members are instruments of righteousness unto God. In verse 19, fast forward there, I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. For as ye have yielded your members' servants to uncleanness and to iniquity unto, to iniquity, unto iniquity, even so now yield your members' servants to righteousness unto holiness. Now, you can see it there that uh, God um, bought us with the price of, through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And as we go and study the, His Word, we understand that our life should 
be like the Lord Jesus Christ. And every day uh, in our life, God is constantly um, probably, you know, reminding us that our life is not uh, for us anymore. It's for Him and Him alone. And therefore, we should live a life that is righteous and holy in the sight of God. Another uh, passage in Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11 and verses 24 to 25. By faith, Moses, when he had come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Now, we know that always the Bible is telling us that sin is, will promise you uh, really pleasure, but it's for a season. And also, it will not benefit you as a Christian when it comes to your relationship with God. It's always obedience to His Word is a proof of complete surrender. Now that's the first one that um, as Christians are um, things that we choose sometimes not to surrender. The second one is property, your stuff. Second uh, Corinthians chapter nine. Second Corinthians chapter nine, verses sixty-eight. But this I say: He which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abundant, abound toward you, that ye, always having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. As it, as it is written, he hath dis, uh, dispersed abroad, he hath given to the poor, his righteousness remaineth forever." Now, giving is not just much more on, it's not just when, when it comes to, um, you know, committing our, our property, our things, our giving something to the Lord, uh, most uh, people would always think of only money. But we also have, you know, God has given us the time. We have uh, also talent, something that we can give to God. When we give something to the Lord, it is also a proof of our surrender. So, proof of our surrender. Because um, when we value, we value these things, right? Um, so, sometimes our possessions, uh, our time, and our talent. When we're constantly giving it to God, it seems like we live in an open palm. Lord, take whatever you want and then use it for your glory. It's not that you're living like a closed palm. The Lord take all, not this, not this. And so uh, sometimes we, we have to uh, 
we have to think that everything that we we have is actually came from the Lord. Giving is a proof of surrender. Surrender uh, your property and receive all sufficiency. And that's what you can see there. When you give, God actually gave it back to you. And especially in verse 6, when you sow, uh, sow, if you sow sparingly, then you will also reap sparingly. If you want to be more abound in your life as a Christian, you give you know, much of your time, your talent, and treasure to the Lord. The third one is the plan. So we have the pleasure, your sin. Um, we have the property, your stuff. And you have, uh, sometimes we, we chose not to surrender the plan or our plan, your strategy in, in life. We, sometimes we have this device or it's like a, something, a scheme, things in our life that, oh, I'll, I'll go into this route or maybe I'll go to this route and not even um, um, giving it to God or asking God. But uh, the verse in Psalm 37, Psalm 37, that give us a reminder about our dependence. Okay, Psalm 37, verse 5, it says there, Commit thy way unto the Lord, trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. Now our plans in life, yes, uh, uh, we may have plans, but also again, when we have our plans, it shouldn't be like, Lord, this is what I want. But it's something that you ask the Lord, Lord, is this what you want? Is this the path? or a life that you want me to, to go. So that's a good, a good example of a surrendered life. Dependence is a proof of a surrendered life. You know, in, in Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 to 6, right? Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. You know, so that so you we should surrender your plans and receive God's direction. If we want to be in God's will always, we want to uh, we have to surrender our plans to Him and we receive God's direction. Now the fourth one is pride. Pride. Sometimes this is also one of the things that. We try to suppress it or we try to something like um, don't acknowledge it into some, in, in our lives. But pride is really real in, in every single individual. If we don't realize that it is, it's real, then we kind of like it's just there. But actually, it will always surface if we will not give it to the Lord, if we will not surrender it to the Lord. Now, for example, uh, so when pride, it talks always your stature, uh, who you are. Uh, Romans 12, 1 and 2, it says that, you know, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Reasonable and 
and a prerequisite to knowing God's will. Because in verse 2 there, it says, And be not conformed into this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So in order for us to know God's will, actually, we need to give to Him our stature. Um, um, sorry, I quote a different verse. Um, when your stature, um, meaning it's, uh, I get ahead of myself, I mixed up with uh, number five. So yeah, going back into the pride, it's your stature. Um, the best passage, I think, that talks about humility is, is in Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 to 11. We don't need to go there because it's a lengthy passage, but it says, um, you know, the, the Apostle Paul, it says there, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. It speaks of God's humility. Even him, God, humbled himself. And uh, that's also one of the things that we need to consider. Uh, there are sometimes like Christians who probably, you know, something like a boss or something like um, may maybe let's say a lawyer or something, an engineer that goes, goes inside the church and sometimes they think of themselves that they're high in st stature. So, you know, um, cleaning is not my thing. Um, maybe something doing these little things, it's not, it's not my thing. Uh, sometimes there are people like that going inside the church knowing that, hey, you, you should treat me well because I'm the boss in my company. I'm, I'm something, right? So thinking of that, it doesn't give you uh, a glory uh, doesn't uh, you know bring glory to God? Humility is a proof of surrender. I, I would like to illustrate like um, my uncle in our province. You know, there's like different cities, right? So he lived like five hours away from from our city, but in that city, um, he's the mayor of that city. However, during during the um, uh, I admire his. His humility. I never talked to him that, oh, oh, uncle, you're so humble. I never said it to him. <laughs> but I, I can see it in his life. Like as a mayor, he would go to the church, and the pastor, the church knows, and all the people knows about him. And he's one of the deacons of the church. So, and just, and um, the pastor would ask, oh, can, uh, the pastor would not call him as a mayor, but brother, uh, brother like that, Brother Estrau. Brother Estrau, can you come forward and, uh, and uh, you know, receive the offering? And he would gladly do it and uh, do also serving things around the church, not, not thinking of himself highly that, he, oh, I'm, I'm the mayor here. It's like you, know, you have to treat me <laughs> something very important okay, inside the church. But that's how... You know, I see him, and uh, that I admire him being, uh, being um, a humble person. So, you know, uh, pride. We need to, we need to really make it something like uh, there's something prideful in my life. We have to accept that because that's reality. That's who we are. We want it to be at the top always. We want to, you know, be something. 
and because and with that we have to give that to God we have to s surrender it to God that Lord I have a problem of pride and I need you to help me with with this you know so that's the uh, one encouragement to us surrender your pride and receive God's grace it's really by God's grace that we can live um, not a prideful life because apart from from him you know we would boast ourselves how, how good we are or which is probably not okay uh, the last one the fifth one so you have your pleasure we have to surrender our our pleasure your sin we have to surrender property uh, your stuff our stuff we need to surrender our the plan or our strategy we need to surrender our pride you know our stature in life and lastly we need to surrender our person our being okay your service to God and that's one and the one that I wanted to quote in Romans chapter 12 verse 1 and 2 service reasonable service and a prerequisite to knowing God's will a lot of Christians don't know God's will because at the very first they don't even serve God um, they are just contented of you know sitting and not doing uh, do not doing for the Lord and I mean I don't uh, judge them per se maybe they have their reasons but a good thing to go first when it comes to Lord what really your will is to me and that is giving your life our person or your service to him um, let's go to Romans chapter 6 Romans chapter 6, um, verse, verse 17, verses 16 and 17. And the word of God said, Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness? But God be thanked that ye were the servants of sin but ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you and so uh, who it says there really in that verse who you serve is a proof of surrender when you serve world the world sin that's basically where you give your life when you serve God his righteousness in obedience to him that's basically the proof of your surrendered life. So surrender your person and receiving knowledge of God's will in our life. General William Booth was once asked to reveal the secret of his success. Now after hesitation, tears came to his eyes and he said, I will tell you the secret. God had all of there was of me there have been men with greater brains that than I have men with greater opportunities but from the day that I got to poor of London on my heart on my heart and caught a vision of what God could do with them on that day I made up my mind that God 
should have all of William Booth there was. And that's a great message there or um, resolution of living, giving all, everything to the Lord. Um, so it was this which led Dr. J. Wilbur Chapman, the questioner, to remark, I learned from William Booth that the greatness of man's power is the measure of his surrender, meaning surrender to the Lord. Another story, and uh, this I will close, a committee of ministers in a certain city was discussing the possibility of having Dale Moody to serve as the evangelist during the citywide evangelistic campaign. And finally, one young minister who did not want to invite Moody stood. Uh, he stood up and said, Why Moody? Why Moody? Does he have a monopoly of the Holy Spirit? So that's the young minister's ask. And there was a silence. Then an old godly minister spoke up. No, he does not have a monopoly of the Spirit. But the Holy Spirit has a monopoly of Dale Moody. That's a great picture also of a man who give himself all to God. If we surrender, we actually win, not lose. And that's one of the paradox also in life. When we give everything to God, when we surrender everything to God, it seems that, Lord, I, Lord, I, it seems like I'm losing. No, in the sight of God, when we give everything, you know, our pleasure, our, our, uh, our plans, our um, property, our pride, our person, we actually win if we give everything to the Lord. That's the joy and triumph of a surrendered life. So God wants all of you. God wants all of me. So we should surrender all and enjoy the life living for Him. Thank you for watching the message today. We invite you to join us again every Sunday and Wednesday for more inspiring messages from God's Word.